hack into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Hopefully you can hear my music. Let's get going. Let's roll. It's Tuesday, uh, October 3rd, 2023. Welcome to episode 464 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, the mods, audio issues, Marcus Kyler, Jada Hermit, Toasty Pops, Carol Carol, not only IT, Stephanie Strauss, pastor of Muppets over on Discord, all the folks on LinkedIn, come on at you. Long timers, first timers, squad members and community members alike. So far, so good. Rock on. We got the music going. We are all shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize it this week at work to drive cyber risk reduction? How can you use it for October Cybersecurity Awareness Month? October Cybersecurity Meme of the Month. Right? There's a lot of opportunity here. Also strategically, maybe for next year. Maybe maybe your CFO likes calendar your budgets and you got to get that budget in before November 30th so you can get cashish for 2024. I don't know. But the deal is you're going to get massive value from this show one way or another. Different people distill value out of the show for different reasons. I don't care. As long as you're getting value, I'm feeling good about it. And don't think... Uh, we're not recognizing and paying attention to the folks who are trying to break in. We see you. You're going to get massive value from the show, too. Not only entertainment value, but educational value. You will be asked in any job interview for a cyber job. How do you stay current in the industry? Guess what? Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. High fives across the table. This is a dynamite answer. Believe that. Also, the networking is second to none, guys. Like Marcus Kyler right now, he's up in here. Matthew Necci's up in here. Ms. Julian, who's... Also, a Simply Cyber Community Challenge uh, alumni. Her story is amazing. Guys, like just the networking is unbelievably awesome up in here. So just chill in, settle in. We got in about an hour show. You're going to love it. Believe that. It is Tidbits Tuesday, which means I share a little bit about me. See if it resonates with you. Today, it's a little bit less resonating, a little bit more personal. Marcus Kyler, you, my friend, are going to love the Tidbits Tuesday. But before we dig into the show, I'd love to share the stream sponsors with you. Shout, shouting out with my friend and, uh, you know, just great company overall, Barricade Cyber Solutions, who, uh, you know, regularly has been with the show for quite a while as a sponsor. Eric Taylor and his gang, they are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but guess what, y'all? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Why? Why? Why are you changing? Was that, hold on, was that the end of the song? Hmm. That seemed a little abrupt, didn't it? All right, check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Website is right here. If you do go to the website and you're watching on the video pod, you can see right here on the bottom left, Eric J. Taylor's calendar is right here. Birthday boy himself, you can get in here, get on his calendar, and get set up uh, as early as today. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Cybersecurity. Get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. It, it, basically, if you are responsible, whether you're matrixed IT or you're a one-person shop running InfoSec for a business, uh, typically like smaller businesses, like uh, mid-sized cap manufacturing firms, whatever, 
Um, they got one person because the insurance company said someone's got to be accountable for cybersecurity. And they're like, hey, you, you, you want a job? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then you're just bumping around, running around, trying to figure it all out. Panopsi Cyber can come in and help you organize your stuff, right? Think of it like this, guys. Imagine if you will, you're like living in a in a in a house, and the house is just a hot mess on fire. And it's not because you're a messy person or disorganized. It's just because you are constantly like, got to do the laundry, got to cook the meals, got to go shopping, got to do the vacuuming. Like you don't have time to like organize stuff and get a plan and get a strategy. You're kind of just reacting. It's the same thing with a business. Like, yes, you would love for your house to be organized. But every time you go to do it, it just doesn't work out or you don't have the time or whatever. That's what Panopsi does. They come in, they tailor a program for you based on your threat landscape, size of your business, industry you're in, budget resources, goals, et cetera. And they set you up for success. I don't, I forget who that woman is on. She kind of was like hot for a minute and then she's faded into the ether. But the woman who like asks you if it brings you joy and then like you throw it out if it doesn't, she helps you like get your stuff organized. I think she's uh, an Asian woman. I don't know. It was like hot for a minute where you would like throw your stuff away, basically. Anyways, Brandon Poole and his team are basically cybersecurity versions of that woman. All right. So give Panopsi a ring. Links in the description below. Also, anti-siphon training. More about them at the mid-roll. By the way, PCI, um, PCI, uh, free PCI training today. If you got the cycles, giddy up on that. Guys, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, half a continuing professional education credit. Now, if you don't know what that means, chances are you don't need them, which is okay. Yes, this one sparks joy. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hopefully you guys can hear the sound effects too. I don't want it to be a manual sound effect day. That could be a rough one. Um each episode's worth a half a CPE. So say what's up in chat. Take a screenshot, y'all. Hashtag team live. If you're live with us today, hashtag team replay. For my replay people, I do love my team replay people. And by the way, team live, you absolutely should recognize team replay outnumbers team live like six to one. So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a competition. All I'm saying is uh, team live is awesome, but team replay, they, they show up in force. So they are they are a uh, to be reckoned with. All right. So also want to say if it is your first time on the stream, if today is your first day, we set a new record yesterday with 395 live concurrent members. So let's see if we can bust that out today. But if today is your first day on the stream, hashtag first timer in chat. We love our first timers, and I have a special sound effect just for you, first timer. So let us know hashtag first timer if today is your first day. But guess what, guys? Fill up your coffee cups. Bring out your dad if you're a Monty Python fan. All right. Just filled my coffee cup up. I'm ready to rock. Do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over all of us in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. Oh, by the way, I don't prep or research any of these stories beforehand, so this is all live. It's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. Critical progress FTP bug now being exploited in attacks. Following up on a story we brought to you on Friday on cybersecurity headlines. Hold on. I see a couple first timers in here. Valentino, Timothy Ott. Uh, I think there was a, a Daniel. William Caskey. Woo. Yeah, a lot of welcome to the party, pal. Look at Jason Wilson over on LinkedIn. Damn, so many first timers. Love it, love it, love it. Related to the new maximum severity vulnerability in Progress Software's WSFTP server file sharing platform, security researchers from AssetNote released a proof-of-concept exploit for the bug on Saturday. Later the same evening, cybersecurity firm Rapid7 revealed that attackers began exploiting the bug. The vuln stems from a .NET decentralization flaw in the ad hoc transfer module allowing unauthenticated hackers to remotely execute commands on the underlying operating system. AssetNote found that there are about 2,900 hosts running WSFTP on the internet. Progress said that upgrading to a patched release using the full installer is the only way to address the issue. All right. Hey, Alonzo, first timer. Yeah, we'll have to get the uh, my sound effects cleaned up a little bit. But a couple things. One, in the story, the um, the um, 
the podcast or whatever you want. He said decentralization. He meant deserialization.net, deserialization vulnerability. Um, I know you can't really see it on the screen here. Let me see if I can tighten this up a little bit. Uh, uh. All right. So here's the deal. Couple things going on here. One, WS FTP bug. It's a server side bug. So if you're running WS FTP, you probably should know it. Um, I do. Oh my God. I, dude real estate i oh you 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 i can't wait until we get in the studio y'all all right so check it out here's the thing if you're running wsftp server um you definitely want to know about this it says the only way to fix it frankly is to do a full new install so you can't patch this thing you basically have to uninstall and then reinstall with the newest version. So that's interesting. They do say maximum severity, which basically just means CVSS score of 10, because um, it's out of 10. Uh, it is interesting that this is Progress Software's um, software. So Progress Software, uh, infamously uh, known for their move it, move it of <laughs> vulnerability, uh, that con uh, that Klopp ransomware gang um, just absolutely um, exploited uh victimized just like somebody somebody better call the police because uh what what clop ransomware did to move it it was just a crime um but this thing like basically if you're running this server you're in deep trouble now two things i want to point out as soon as you hear that there is a vulnerability that has an active exploit out for anything, uh, you want to know whether or not you have external facing systems that do that. It's very common. This is Shodan right here. If you don't know what Shodan is, um, I'm going to type it in chat. Shodan.io is a website. If you don't know what Shodan.io is, you absolutely should add it to your um, bookmarks. Go check it out. It's an it's a incredible resource for InfoSec practitioners. But as soon as you see actively exploited, you should go look. Now, if you are a criminal, you would go look because you want to go find victims. But we're not criminals here. We're not into victimization. What we are into is protecting our own assets and making sure that we aren't exploited. So Shodan can act, you can actually put in your own IP range, your own external IP range. If you are protecting an organization, typically you have a, a block of ISPs. Maybe you have several blocks of ISPs. You could throw them into Shodan and look to see if you have one of these servers internet facing now you might be like but jerry i'm the i'm the bee's knees buddy people come to me and ask if they can put uh resources out i have a spreadsheet with asset inventory covered on lock yeah guess what people like carl don't come to you and ask if they can stick an ftp server up on the network what people some people like to do is oh you know what i'm a really great employee i'm employee of the month i work 95 hours a week and i only get paid for 40 I'm going for that watch. Yeah, I'm going to log in on the weekends and work. I'm not driving to the office, though. I'm going to stick an FTP server up there so I can move files back and forth. Look at me. I know IT. In reality, you're just adding unmanaged infrastructure, shadow IT, completely gross vulnerability exposure to the organization. And people like me don't know it's there, and I don't know to protect it or to take a um, you know wet sausage and smack you across the face and be like, no, don't put unmanaged infrastructure ex that's exploitable on the network. So you need to educate your end users about the risks of these things. And the final thing I'll say, because I am usually supportive, inclusive, and I, I'm more about finding a solution that works for everybody, not just slapping people in the face um, like Carl. Here's the deal. Don't tell, like, we are not the office of no, okay? This is like, this is really important, okay? This is, uh, this is a more you know thing, okay? We are not the office of no. If you work in information security, you're not in the office of no. If you're looking to break into the information security, know that we are not in the office of no. What we are in the office is, uh, we are in the business of yes, but like this, okay? So if that doobie that... um. Carl wants to work 95 hours a week. Believe me, the business, the business wants Carl to work 95 hours a week. Straight cash, homie. They pay him for 40. They get 95. It's like a free FTE for the business. There's no way in heck they're ever going to say no to Carl working 95 hours a week. So what you need to do is say, 
Carl, I see you have an FTP server. What the heck's going on with that? And they're like, oh, I work 95 hours a week. It's like, okay, 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 okay. What is it that you need? You need to be able to move files? That's it? Okay. Bro, here is OneDrive, right? Or here is Dropbox. Or here is a VPN connection into our internal network. And then you can pivot over and go to the file server. Like whatever it is, there is a solution to go from where you are to where you want to be, business user. And there's a way to do it securely. Just going YOLO and standing up shadow IT is not an option. That's not okay. But if you're lazy as a cyber pro, you just say no. And then you like close the door and go back to like, you know, whatever, like automating the boring stuff with Python. What you really need to do is put in the hard work and say, listen, bro, that's not going to work. But I want to understand what are you actually trying to accomplish? Not, not, by the way, don't ask the business user what you what they want you to do do not ask them that because they don't know with all due respect they don't know what we know and what we can do right so you say what are you trying to do tell me what you're trying to accomplish i'm trying to move files on the weekend all right well let me solve for that man move right and then you win somebody in the business you um that person's going to tell people like oh hey i worked with jerry in infosec and we got this thing solved like he doesn't suck Right. And then you're like, yes, I don't suck. Right. So then you start building political capital and um, all that. Uh, here we go. Assumption. Assumption. Hold on. Let me, let me. I can't see the full name, but Assumpta. Thank you. Super chat. All right. Let's keep going. That's a, that's a little more, you know, sorry to go off on a tangent, but like, it's so important. Information security. Aware here. More, you know, information security, awareness and training and education is so much more than a freaking PowerPoint once a year. It is it is a behavior modification capability that you need to do correctly. Norway urges Europe-wide ban on Meta's targeted data collection. Ooh, Norway Norway's putting data the boot down, board, huh? Or EDPB has called for their temporary ban on Meta for alleged GDPR violations to be made permanent and extended across Europe. The EDPB also called for more consistent interpretations of GDPR across the European Union and European economic area. Even though Norway isn't a member of the European Union, it falls under the jurisdiction of Europe's High Court, which already ruled against Meta and its Facebook and Instagram platforms last July after finding that the company was collecting protected data including race, religion, and sexual orientation. Killnet claimed... Okay, hold on. Norway is not part of the EU, but they are part of the High Council. What is this Game of Thrones? <laughs> are they Dorn? Like, ah, oh, you're not really part of the, the realm, but you do get a seat at the high table. Like, what are we talking about here? Is this John Wick's world, bro? All right, so Norway, whatever. A European country is urging for a Europe-wide ban. Um, you know what? I'm glad somebody said the emperor has no clothes on. I guess in this case, Norway's the little boy pointing out the obvious. Of course, Meta is collecting literally everything it possibly can. Dude, storage is cheap, right? So suck it all up right now. Figure out what you want to do with it later if you're the business. Now, if you're an InfoSec pro, you're like, tell me what you need and only take that. But guess what? That doesn't happen that often. And the business, oh my God. The business will tell you whatever you want to hear, but then they're going to suck up all the stuff. So Meta is definitely doing this. Facebook, Instagram, it's definitely violating GDPR. I'm not an expert on GDPR in any way. So this is, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Give me a little speculative hot take uh, helmet. By the way, for first timers, if you see, if you're on YouTube, if someone can just chat, really, hold on. Do you see this like uh, on the screen right here? This, this is me with a tinfoil hat on. You should you should see that and think of whatever I'm saying as an asterisk because I'm not fully briefed on GDPR. Here's the deal. GDPR is a privacy regulation. It's got wicked good teeth. Norway is saying that Meta is just harvesting all sorts of data. That's definitely uh, a violation. Guys, check this out. Meta GDPR fines. It's been it's been a little little bit. It's been quiet the last couple of months, but check this out, man. Meta has been fined 1.2 billion euros. Okay. All right. 1.2 billion euros in, in, in um, freaking 2023. You think Meta get like, again, like Norway is basically saying 
Meta is just going to pay the fines and continue to harvest data. They want a straight-up ban. They want to put the kibosh on it. They, they want to say, no, 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 my man, no, 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 no. So, but here's the deal, okay? And I always say this, and I hate to be so cynical, but cash rules, that's right, Randy, cash rules everything around me, cream. Wu-Tang had it right in the 90s, cash rules everything around me. Norway is saying, let's ban all this stuff, right? Ireland got $405 million on September 5th, 2022. Luxembourg got $746 million on July 16th, 2021. I'm not saying this is the business model for these countries in order to like fund their initiatives in their GDP. But what I am saying is if you ban these things, you're making a pretty big bold declaration that all that straight cash, homie, all that $1.2 billion um, that Meta paid in May of 2023, that's not coming anymore. You better find a new spigot to turn on and get some water out of because this one, this money printing machine is going to be shut down. So as much as I love Norway and we can all be righteous and we can all talk about whatever high council they're on, the reality is some human is going to have to make a human decision and be like, straight cash, homie. Um, I do love, I do love privacy and citizens' rights, but, you know, I'm not sure. Um, of, of cutting off that hand. Also, by the way, um, I, you know, at least in the United States, there's no question, there's no question that Meta helps fund political campaigns through super PACs, okay? They have infinite money, basically. Same with Bezos and Zuck and, I mean, uh, Bezos and, um, oh my God. Not Elon, uh, although I'm sure Elon does it, but um, I'm, uh, like Bill Gates and stuff like that, Microsoft. Like, dude, there's no way that they're not funding the hell. Of Sorry, Kennedy. There's no way they're not funding, you know, uh, politicians and stuff. I don't know how it works in Europe. If we got some UK uh, or some European folks in chat, let us know if Europe allows for private sector individual citizens to fund, you know, um, politicians. But anyways, this to me, it's all about straight cash, homie, even though it looks like it's a privacy story. DDoS attack against Royal Family website. On Sunday morning, the official website of the UK Royal Family was taken down by a distributed denial of service attack for which pro-Russian Killnet group claimed responsibility. The attack only lasted for around 90 minutes, and in a Telegram post, Killnet's founder referred to the attack as a, quote, attack on pedophiles, end quote. While attribution has yet to be verified, security experts say the attack fits Killnet's pattern of launching less damaging denial-of-service attack against orgs located in Ukraine and NATO countries. Sunday's attack came just 10 days after King Charles condemned the Russian invasion of Ukraine before the French Senate. Whatever. Like... <laughs> I don't know, guys. Like, I know. Here. Uh, all right. So, all right. A couple things here. One, Killnet. Killnet, while their name is very, ooh, you know, like Saw 7. Killnet, right? Like, subtitle is Killnet. Like, the deal is they are a denialist. They're a Russian uh, faction, pro-Russia invading Ukraine, denialist service threat actor. Like, that's what they do. They make big waves. Um. Oh my God, I'm trying to think of that Puffs song. Like, I make big waves, big names. I take small groups, turn them into big. Whatever. I I don't know what the song is right now, but it's definitely a P Diddy rap. I think it's on uh, a Biggie song though. But anyways, um, Killnet. That's what they do. So if they attack a, you know, like if Killnet was to attack Taylor Swift's Eras tour, like they would be front page news right so like Killnet, while they are somewhat relevant and, and kind of a not top tier actor but um they're something to me what they're doing here is hopping on a media hype train in order to to like elevate to go viral right so it'd be like me making a a, a simply um a simply cyber youtube video on like i don't know like i guess like Oh God, I can't even think of like something so ridiculous. Like, like you should like if I if I launched a YouTube video called like uh, Microsoft is like secretly stealing your information or something like that. Like, like basically trying to like latch myself onto a bigger um, 
something with gravity in order to get pulled by it instead of pushing it. That's what they're doing here. So it's a PR stunt. Killnet, like whatever. Uh, the the royal family said that like condone or, or uh, not condoned, but the opposite of condoned. Um, reprimanded Russia recently, and then Killnet responded by denial of service, lightly denial of service, attacking them. Like if you were asleep or you were in the pub getting a pint of brown ale, you may have missed that they dosed the the royal website for a hot minute. Whatever. Like it's not a big deal. By the way, just as a quick aside. Just as a quick aside, um, and this is probably as close to like um, the opposite of supportive and inclusive. Quick little tidbits, Tuesday. And I know first timers, you're like, who is this guy? Why is he going off on tangents? I never understood the royal family. Like, what are we doing? Why are people worshiping these this royal family? It's like the Kardashians in the United States. Like, why are people into this? Like, who cares? It's antiquated. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Who cares? They don't even have power, right? I mean, they have some like fake power, but like in the, for the most part, like they are not relevant. They're not, they're not nothing. They're nothing. I, I don't get it. I don't, is it like Disney world in the United States where it's like, it's to drive tourism or what is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, uh, we'll keep going. FDA cyber mandates for medical devices take effect. This coming Sunday, new regulations from the FDA will kick in mandating medical device vendors establish processes for mitigating vulnerabilities and creating a software bill of materials for their products. The new rules empower the FDA to prevent non-compliant devices from being sold and also enables them to recall the devices completely. The guidance applies broadly to devices connected to the internet, software products or software in devices, and devices with technical characteristics that could be vulnerable to cyber threats. All right. So a couple of things. I did work in healthcare for several years. If you did not know that, now you do. Uh, <coughs> little known fact, the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration in the United States is actually the agency with authority over medical devices, biomedical devices. So, you know, pacemakers, x-ray machines, ultrasounds, um, radiation therapy machines, all these things. Um, and it's an entire... It's a really complex ecosystem uh, for years. Like, I won't go too deep into it, but for years, um, you know, they'd have it on like Windows XP, like after Windows XP was end of life. And they'd be like, well, we can't fix it. It'll break the, the you know, the FDA certifies these medical devices to go into production. So, you know, the device manufacturers are like, well, we can't fix it because, um, It'll, it'll invalidate our certification, so no. And then the hospital clinical people are like, we need it. And it's like, yeah, but this is a hot, this is hot trash. Now, I will say, um, this is really cool, the FDA moving forward with cyber mandates. We will see. Basically, what it sounds like is saying that the FDA is going to like put in a place where they will say, um, refuse to accept the device, okay? So this is around the certification, not like, so... The FDA is saying that it will it will say that the device cannot go on to market, cannot be sold. So if you work in healthcare, if you're a practitioner, this won't really affect you because be, like basically it's down it's upstream from where you are. So technically biomedical devices that are more secure should be showing up in your environment uh, because the FDA shouldn't be allowing them. But then you have to ask the question, what is the FDA standard? What are they auditing against? What what like what situation will occur where they will refuse to accept the medical device? You tell me. I don't know what it is. I've seen a lot of hot uh, trash um, devices. Um, I mentioned that they didn't want to patch the systems. That has since changed. You can patch the systems. Doing an operating system upgrade, though, um, doing an operating system upgrade is kind of out of the out of the question. Yeah, security is a pain in the a. Uh, Fallon Watts, 100% agree with you. Uh, another thing with medical devices, and this is a, a fact, not an opinion. You got to think, okay, I know that the sound effects are low. Okay, straight cash, homie. Again, this this episode's all about that money, y'all. So get your cream, get your Randy Mosses out here. Let me get some Randy and some cream. Do, 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 do. Okay, here's the reality on this one. Think for a minute. Okay. 
Raphael Diaz over on LinkedIn and Jennifer Todd and I own a biomedical device manufacturing company. Raphael, Jennifer, me. We're straight crushing it, homie. Now we look in our we look in our uh, warehouse and we've got 500 ultrasound machines and we sell them for a million bucks a, a rip, right? They cost us 500 grand. We sell them for a million. Raphael, Jennifer, and I are high five and all the way to the bank because every time we sell one, half a million dollars in the bank. We're loving life, okay? We got 500 of these devices, potential for 500 million in revenue, two and a half million or 250 million in profit. Now, here's the problem 490 of them are running Windows 7. 10 of them are the new ones and they run Windows 11. Same machine, different operating system. One of them's not getting security patches anymore. 490 of them. So, you know what? This is what we'll do, Jennifer and Raphael. And this is exactly what happens in reality. Okay. This is why I'm going through this elaborate, silly example. They're a million dollars a piece, but you know what? You know what, doctor? You've been doing business with me for a long time. I like you. You and your clinical staff are good. I'm going to sell you one for $600,000. Okay. Don't tell anyone. It's for you only. Now, the, the problem is it's Windows 7 and this one's Windows 11. Now, I can sell you the Windows 11 one for a million dollars, but it literally is the same system. I'll sell it to you for 600 grand. Save 400 grand. Do you know what you can do for 400 grand? CFO is going to love you. Business is going to love you. You're probably a partner at the healthcare company. You're going to make extra, extra cake. And functionally, clinically, it's going to do the same thing. Your patients are going to receive the same quality of care. It's just a different operating system. The nerds will handle that one, doctor. <laughs> Let's smoke cigars and high five by the fire. That's what happens. They sell them these POS end of life systems and they just jam them in. And we don't find out about it until the freaking thing gets plugged into the network and it lights up and our scanner goes across and says, holy crap, Windows 7. And guess what? Once it's deployed into the environment, it's not. there's no receipts, man. You're not taking it back to Best Buy and getting your cash back. That's a transaction that's done. The, 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 you know, the Raphael, Jennifer, and I, we've already cashed that check and we're on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean, not Bermuda, because that's not really the Caribbean. And we're, we're, we're hanging out. That's what happens. Okay. So you got to be mindful. So even with this in place, you could, I could still see workarounds. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Yeah. A word from our sponsor conveyor got a scary security questionnaire to complete and you'd rather have ai do it your infosec friends are making the switch from outdated rfp and compliance tools to conveyor the most accurate security questionnaire automation software on the market the proof is in the ai customers are seeing 80 to 90 percent accurate auto-generated answers and decreasing the time spent on questionnaire answering by 91 percent Try a free one-week proof of concept at www.conveyor.com. That's www.conveyor.com. Yeah. All right. So check it out. So many first-timers here today. I want to welcome all of you and introduce you to the mid-roll. Now, let me know if you can hear that because I play the song through the soundboard, which is currently quasi nerfed so let me know interesting so the soundboard doesn't go up and down hold on let me just i just want to see really quickly here uh do, do, do. stand by stand by to stand by so spotify is on music and the stream deck is on default so let's do this this might get really loud for a second hold on <laughs> oh oh here we go. Great cash, homie. There we go. No music on YouTube? All right, hold on one second. This should be louder now. Hold on one second. Let's see. There we go. All right, guys. Base case would be so proud. All right, guys. Want to say shout out and thanks to all of you for being here today. Genuinely appreciate it. Holler, holler, holler. For the first timers, this is what we do on the mid-roll every single day. What's up, Jim Wales? Guys, I want to say thank you all for being here. If you are getting value, whether it's educational value or entertainment value, 
give me a hot second of your time and hit the like button. If you're on YouTube, hit the like button. I know it sounds trite in 2023. Hit the bell for notifications. But here's the real deal. If you hit the like button, all of you, all 372 of you awesome people like George Strasberger, Space Tacos, Jamie Fleck, Johnny Five, you're all Gary Sergiatis. What's up, Gary? All of you like cybersecurity content. All of you regularly consume cybersecurity content. Don't pretend you don't. So if you're hitting the like button, all of you on this stream, YouTube's going to be like, holy crap, 90% of people watching this content all like cyber and they all like this stream. I should go tell other cyber people about this stream. And that's how we grow the community. So by hitting the like button, it basically pays it forward and you can help someone else discover what we're doing over here. Thank you to the stream sponsors, Barricade and Panopsa. I also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training. There's a link in the description below. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional InfoSec training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position. What does that mean? That means you could take a subset of their classes for free if that's what you want. Go to the link in the description. Go to training. Go to pay what you can training. If your plans got dashed for today and you want to invest in yourself, guys, later today, literally at noon Eastern today, so in three hours, basically, you could take Introduction to PCI. You want to learn Payment Card Industry uh, Data Security Standards 101? Get on this train right here. Boom. Get on it today. Anti-siphon training. I mean, pay what you can training. It's amazing. I freaking love John Strand and anti-siphon and Velda Lemke, and Wild West Hacking Fest, and all of the people over there. It's a it's an amazing, inspirational group of people. Uh, so go check it out. Hit the link below and, and get some training. If I had more time, I would absolutely do this training, okay? That's what's up. All right, guys. Um, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I want to tell you that Andrea D. Uh, is currently holding the baton. Her story is right here, by the way. I will drop a link in chat. Let's show you what happens. Now, it says I'm second level connection to her right now because she hasn't uh, accepted my request to be her friend, but uh, hopefully she will. All right, so here is the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I just dropped the link in chat. Guys, every single day we have the challenge. Andrea D's got the baton right now. She's going to tag somebody with it. Whoever gets the baton, go online, post your story. What is your cyber story? Andrea D from Romania took a hot minute, raised her daughters. She broke into cybersecurity, computer science background. I know a lot about Andrea. I learned it from her post on LinkedIn. I also connected with Andrea. I'm also connecting with the people in comments on Andrea's post. Do you see what's going on here? If you want to supercharge your LinkedIn network and have your LinkedIn feed actually be meaningful and have value, join by um, going on LinkedIn, searching for this hashtag and connecting with the people who are using it, connecting with the people who are commenting on the posts and commenting on the post yourself, which will pick you up in the Peloton and people will start connecting with you. I'm telling you guys, if you don't want to supercharge your LinkedIn, don't do anything. Just chill. If you do networking, 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 guys, I can't emphasize enough how valuable networking is. Believe me, networking is so unbelievably valuable. Do this right now. Please. All right. Tidbits Tuesday, Marcus Kyler. Guys, I share a little bit about me every Tuesday. Sometimes it's something I hate. Sometimes it's something I like. See if it resonates with you. Um, I went to a, um, a special event on uh, Friday, Saturday last weekend and had a really, really nice picture taken of me and Mrs. Ozier. And um, I've been cleared by Mrs. Ozier to share this with you. So I just wanted to introduce you. I, we talk about Mrs. Ozier quite a bit on the stream, but uh, many of you have never got to meet her. Marcus Kyler had a, a hot take about her when I met him in Vegas. He was right. So anyways, this is me and my beautiful wife, Mrs. Ozier. So I just wanted to share that with you and introduce you to a very important person in my life uh, who has helped uh, me significantly uh, with my career and my my values, and also is an incredible supporter of Simply Cyber and all we're doing here, and enables me to be able to do what I do with Simply Cyber. And also, um, she is lead contractor on the studio. <laughs> so thank you, Mrs. Ozier. I absolutely love you. All right, let's keep going. Ransomware gangs now exploiting critical Team City RCE flaw.
Ransomware gangs are now targeting a recently patched critical remote code execution vulnerability in JetBrains Team City continuous integration and deployment server tagged with a 9.8 out of 10 severity score. The bug allows unauthenticated attackers to exploit an automation bypass weakness in low complexity attacks that don't require user interaction. The issue affects all Team City on premises Windows, Linux, and macOS <laughs> server installations and instances that run in Docker prior to the current patched version. Researchers published exploit details on September 21st, shortly after which numerous popular ransomware groups added the Team City exploit to their workflows. Researchers cautioned all organizations that failed to patch their servers before September 29th that there's a high likelihood their systems have already been compromised. All right. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot going on here. And I'll, thank you all very much, community members, for um, all these nice things you're saying about my wife. I, I appreciate that. And I know she does too. Um, so ransomware gangs exploiting Team City RCE flaw. So I don't know what Team City is, but it sounds like it has something to do with uh, CI, CD, or continuous integration, continue, uh, continuous de uh, development or deployment. What in CI, CD? It's basically DevOps and um, you know deploying code quickly to production uh, using automations and orchestrations and stuff like that. CI, CD. I think the D stands for um, deployment. Anyways, if you're using this, you know about it. It's from a, a company called JetBrains. It has a severity of 9.8 out of 10. The weird thing is, if I had to guess, guys, it's it's actively being exploited according to the title of the story. So to me, the severity score actually should be 10 out of 10. Typically, 9.8 is really, really, really bad, but not being exploited. And then when you do 10 out of 10, that means it's actually being exploited. I'm just going to look to see if they've upgraded the value to 10 out of 10, um, it, still, it still says 9.8 critical. Um, I'm surprised. I think it should go up. Um, it's an authentication bypass. Uh, threat actors could basically dump your entire source code repository. That's not good. Second of all, they could delete stuff. That's not good. Third, and probably most scary, they could inject malicious code into your applications and source. So then they could start infecting your client base, a la um, NotPetya, a la SolarWinds, a la Kaseya, right? So it, all those things I just mentioned are examples where threat actors injected into source code, which got deployed to clients, okay? So it's, it's not good. Um, it does say it's a low complexity attack and doesn't require user interaction, which basically means that like any schlub can successfully um, ex uh, exploit this weakness, even this schlub right here. Uh, so anyways, there's full technical details, which I always love. Maybe we get a nice infographic. Mm, can we get a nice infographic up in here? No, looks more like a, um, well, there's some screenshots of code. Um, you can also, buy. gotta be careful. Here's the deal. If you're basically running Team City, you really got to be aware of this. Two things. One, they can dump your secrets too, right? Your API secrets. Um, so you could be compromised. So there's two pieces of action here for you. One, make sure that you're, if you're running this, that you patch it to an updated version. If you are running a vulnerable version, it's only for on-prem uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux systems. So basically on-prem. Two. If you do have this and you do fix it, you need to go back into your logs and please, I hope you have logs. You need to go back in your logs and validate, like basically do some threat hunting and look to see if you were compromised, okay? Website here does have some IOCs. You can see right here, indicators of compromise. You definitely want those IOCs because you need to know whether or not you have those indicators of compromise in your logs to indicate that you were exploited before you patched it. If you were exploited, I mean, you've got to do some serious work. You, you, you might have to reset API keys. You may have to reset credentials. You may have to review your source code and look at commits to see if any kind of anomalous commits were being made. If you do detect an IOC in your environment, you've got a lot of cleanup, okay? So just be mindful of that. Do not just you know, uh, it's fine. I patched it. Uh, I'm going back to take my nap. No, no, no. Like you got to look to see whether or not you were exploited. New feature-rich malware as a service emerges. 
Security researchers discovered a new malware as a service named Bunny Loader, advertised on multiple hacker forums as a fileless loader that can steal and replace contents <coughs> of the system clipboard. The malware can now download and execute payloads, log keys, steal sensitive data and cryptocurrency, and execute remote commands. Bunny Loader is under rapid development, adding features including anti-detection mechanisms and extra info-stealing capabilities since its first version emerged on September 4th. Researchers at Zscaler note that Bunny Loader is quickly becoming popular among cybercriminals due to its rich features, low price, and ease of use even by low-skilled cybercriminals. Yeah. Make, lower that barrier to entry. All right. First of all, let's talk about this. I know that we are... Uh, and if you're a first timer here, we don't talk about it often, but like there's an emote of a flaming donkey. Okay. Um, when I need a, a go-to APT, we use flaming donkey. Okay. It's one I made up and uh, we have graphics for it. And we're, we're slowly trying to get it. Like we're slowly trying to get it into miter attack. Like it's, it's just kind of a meme, uh, <laughs> a meme joke, but I got to tell you right now, this bunny loader right here, we might be able to tag up with uh, Flaming Donkey and this this APT bunny. This guy's this guy's pretty hot right now. I like his retro synthwave pinks and blues. You know what I mean? I think I think there's some opportunity here for us to collaborate <laughs> on a on a on a joint operation. So uh, I'll DM you, Bunny. Uh, second of all, uh, this piece of malware is 250 bucks, which basically means if you can monetize your victims for more than $250. It pays for itself. Apparently it's pretty feature rich and, and pretty uh, robust in, in its, uh, not just its capabilities, but its um, ability to execute. So not all malware, but a lot of malware can be brittle, which means you launch it and it doesn't work right, or it doesn't fire correctly, or the Windows system detects it and blocks it, right? So like having brittle malware is not good, right? It, it, it's you're you're getting less hits when you have like kind of uh, rigorous malware. It, it runs more often and, and better, right? We saw this famously. If you go look at the Conti leaks, C O N T I Conti leaks papers from 2022, uh, you'll see that like really advanced criminal organizations, cyber criminal organizations, they'll actually have an entire department and seriously, like a business, they'll have a department that's working developing the malware. And then they'll have another department that is testing the malware on different systems with different endpoint detection and response, anti-malware solutions to validate that the malware will successfully detonate. That is a very rigorous QAQC process. And it served Conti very well until they imploded because of the um, Russian-Ukrainian war. Okay. So this thing can execute payloads, log keys, steal sensitive data, Obviously, crypto, execute remote commands. This thing's a full-featured, um, like, like persistent malware. Like, it basically allows you to do whatever you want on the box. Okay, that that's it. All there is. It has anti-detection mechanisms, extra info-stealing capabilities. And, you know, I appreciate this. It's probably a subscription fee because they're releasing updates every month. Be mindful of this. Um, if you're interested in malware... You can um, probably download this off of the um, Malware Bazaar or VX Underground. You could see they have a nice um, you know, web browser interface for threat actors to be able to see what they've caught and what they can steal, drop-down menus. Like, this is a pretty nice... I mean, I hate to say it, but this is a pretty nice piece of malware, right? I mean, it's like they've taken into consideration their user community, their customer base. They've made it affordable. At the end of the day, I'm not sponsoring or promoting cyber criminal activity, but we have to be real that this is what they're doing. And when they make it this easy and this you know, good of a product, more people are going to do it, especially people who are in you know, countries that, you know, like basically if you're in a situation where this is a good option, you're going to do it. You know, so let's say you're a single parent with three kids to feed and you're not making ends meet. What are you going to do? Well, when you're pushed into a corner, you're going to do what you need to do in order to survive this, you know, so be mindful of this. Uh, obviously, you know, this has to be hosted somewhere. So hopefully we can get um, C2 IP. See how they say right here, C2. Like hopefully we can get C2 server IPs. If you're running like a, a mainstream firewall, like a PA or a Cisco or something like that, they typically have dynamic firewall block lists. 
Um, if you're running like Cisco Umbrella, they do uh, DNS, um, dynamic DNS uh, uh, blocking and stuff like that. Um, BSEC might have a, a, a suggestion in chat on also uh, blocking traffic. But here's the deal. Even if you get caught, like, and this is an important distinction, even if you get compromised, right? Let's say Carl, let's say Carl gets compromised, right? Um, the, 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 the victim machine, Carl's computer, you've got Carl's crypto wallet, Carl's creds, Carl's everything. It still needs to transmit that stuff to the threat actor controlled infrastructure. So you're not technically pwned until the data leaves and goes to the criminal. So if you're blocking that network traffic, even though the box is owned and even though the creds are, you know, basically loaded up, ready to fire back to the threat actor, you can still have an opportunity to block it. Okay. IronNet shuts down and delays off staff. Uh -oh. Once promising cybersecurity startup, IronNet, which was founded by former NSA director Keith Alexander, has shuttered and laid off its remaining staff following its collapse. The Virginia-based company was founded in 2014 by the retired four-star general who departed the NSA amidst the leak of government secrets by former contractor Edward Snowden. IronNet provided corporations and government agencies with technology that used large data sets and analytics to automate threat intelligence. The company raised more than $400 million in funding and touted customers like media and financial giant Thomson Reuters. However, IronNet failed to gain traction after going public in August of 2021. Wow. Tom, hey. I'm surprised, okay? What, what the hell did... Sorry, Kennedy. What did what did um what did IronNet do? Like I guess that's the real question. Cause here I'm gonna I have a hot take on this, but like like I I have a, a hot take, but I, I need like hold on. What did IronNet company do? IronNet provided corporations and government agencies with tech aimed to, at helping to defend against cyber threats and use large databases and analytics to automate threat intelligence. <laughs> What? Like, what is that? Hold on. Like, what? That's such a generic. They provided governments and companies with tech. Like, what are we doing here? They merge industry-leading cyber products with unrivaled service to delivery. So they were they were a systems integrator. Ooh, like way to reinvent the wheel. That, that what was their differentiate? Like, what was their market differentiator? Like system integrations, that's been done forever. They, wow, dude, the CFO, I mean, the CEO of the company, this Keith Alexander dude, the company posted losses in its last two fiscal years, $111 million loss last year and $246 million loss last year. That's disgusting, man. Dude, you're a professional services company. Here's, here's two things I want to tell you, okay? Two things. One, if you are a company, if you're a software company, you're expected to take losses at the beginning until you get a large enough market share of people adopting, and then you go, you know, gangbusters and explode. Okay. So with investors, they expect losses at the beginning. Professional services companies, we're not expecting losses out the rip. Literally, you get a contract, the contract pays $200 an hour for this, you know, billet or this, this seat. And then the company turns around and pays some, engineer $100 an hour to do the job and then they make $100 profit. Now there's, you know, loaded rates and and benefits and operating costs and marketing and all that other crap. So don't I don't want to get stuck down in the minutia, but my point is professional services companies are often profitable right away. Also, you will see a lot of software companies that are failing because of what I just told you where they start off losing money until they get market attraction. A lot of times they'll actually have a professional services arm that is being used to offset the losses from the software side of the house. And the professional services is typically like, oh, we can help you deploy our, the software in the environment, right? And it's literally two different business units. But the reason they do the professional services is because that can generate money today. Cash rules everything around me, cash, right? So when you see this, this is ridiculous. I have no idea why they imploded. Second of all, I would absolutely, they must have sucked at their job. The second thing that I would note here, and how am I doing on time? The second thing I would note here is that Keith Alexander, former NSA director, four-star general in Virginia. Guys, networking has unbelievable value. 
I would have bet money that mattered to me, okay? Like real money that this company would not fail because you would think, dude, this guy's got network connections at the highest levels. People with budget, people with signatory authority, people who are going to straight up be like, yeah, Keith, what do you need? $200 million project? Done. Want to roll out um, CAC? Want to roll out NMCI, which was a hot mess back in the early 2000s? If you live through NMCI, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Hot trash. NMCI was a dumpster fire. Where's the emote? Okay. Anyways, my point is you would think that this would be an absolute fail proof business because of the guy running it and his vast network. So, again, I don't know if anyone worked at IronNet, if anyone worked with IronNet, but I have to imagine that it was just terrible for them to fail considering what they had coming out the gate. Uh, if you work at IronNet, I'm sorry, you've been laid off. 316 people, that sucks. Uh, all the best for you, especially in this tough economy. But dude, when you're when you're posting, uh, can't let the episode go by without any super chats. I hope to meet y'all at Wild West Hackenfest. Gary Sturgiotis. Did we just become best friends? Yep. You better believe we're gonna meet at Wild West Hackenfest. All right, really quick. This is coming in hot right now. IronNet can help you hunt, analyze, and trace threats faster, defending against them as a unified front. All right, so <laughs> XDR. Um, okay, so a lot of marketing hype in there. Okay, let's keep going. Inks warns of his AI likeness promoting dental plan. Oh the two-time Oscar-winning actor is warning fans about a fake advertisement using an AI-generated version of his likeness without his permission. Over the weekend, Hanks shared an image of the ad on Instagram, which appears to be an aged-down deepfake of the actor. Hanks posted, quote, Beware, there's a video out there promoting some dental plan with an AI version of me. I have nothing to do with it, end quote. Hanks did not reveal the name of the company behind the AI-generated dental ad or where it was shared. Well, okay. And that doesn't... I would be curious. So Tom Hanks, America's dad, you know, whatever. Love him, hate him, I like him. Um... So some company got the bright idea to make a commercial with a deep fake version of Tom Hanks and it's going to sell. It's top news. That company probably um, has got huge uh, impressions on social media because of this and whether or not they're going to make more sales, they probably will. I want to know what the legal, the legal thing of this is because why, like, can I have, can I do a freaking deep fake of uh, Albert Einstein talking about how he wishes, um, he knew about Simply Cyber back in the 30s. Or hell, Oppenheimer's hot right now. Let's get Oppenheimer saying something like, um, you know, I am the destroyer of Earth. And check out Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast. Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? Like, is there is this legal? I know if you do it with a deep faked woman on an adult film actress in an adult film, that's illegal. And like that gets really dicey. Shall we play a game? But I mean, I'm just saying, like, like, is this legal? Because I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty impressive marketing strategy. Uh, but if you get sued to the to the mountains, it doesn't do you any good. Doesn't do you any good. All right, guys, what time is it? It's nine o'clock. Hey, uh, let me do this. All right, guys, definitely appreciate it. Nothing to see here except, like, you know, deep fakes is a thing, obviously. Whoops, that isn't right. Hold on. There we go. All right, guys, I hope you got value from the stream. I hope you got entertainment, educational value. I want to say shout out to Joan Demas. Joan Demas with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Giddy up on that, Joan. Looking forward to your post. Andrea, thanks for being a great uh, sport and playing along and doing the challenge. Guys, I teach every Tuesday and Thursday at the Citadel Military College, so I do have to boogie because I got to go sit in freaking traffic because I wasn't able to remove uh, commutes and work remotely for all of my jobs, sadly. But um, anyways, I hope you guys had a great time. Thank you all so very much. I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday. I'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time to deliver episode 465 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. If you were a first-timer here, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you come back tomorrow. And if you are a first-timer or a long-timer, tell a friend, bring them to next time. See if we can bust through 400. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure.
everybody. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.